And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Hello and welcome to Commentary Monthly Monday, a podcast that you don't hear much from that often, but you're going to be hearing from it for like the next eight or nine months. (laughs) Well, just to introduce myself, I'm Chris Honeywell, and I'm here with another Chris, Chris Tyler, the hair metal hero. What's up? And I did we start discussing this maybe at at like one of Dario's parties or something? I... I think we just started discussing this about the time uh, Django Unchained came out. That's, so it's that been a while. That sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds about right, because I was when that movie came out, I watched it like ten times in the first week, so I was pretty uh, pumped about it. But we've wanted yeah. to do a, 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 a commentary dissection of all of Quentin Tarantino's movies to date, <laughs> yep. and... Uh, I think what spurred it is recently uh, Once Upon a Time in America just came out on video and you just got to see it. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in America. America. That came out a long time ago, yeah. Yes, and it's excellent. And I would do a commentary for that too, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) But but, um, yeah, so we just decided it is time. Because I just watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for the second time. And, and of course, like all Quentin Tarantino movies, the second viewing is just like mm. all of a sudden stuff that just seemed like fun things going on become very important and really cool. And it's just always it's almost better the second, second and third and fourth viewing oh, yeah. of them. Um, but we are we're, we are starting off. With one not directed by Quentin Tarantino, but his first movie that he that he wrote, and uh, I think this was part of a. I think when he wrote this script, this was like he broke this script in half, and it ended up being partially Natural Born Killers. Yeah. And this movie, and yeah. uh, and then famously, you know, I mean, we could maybe count Natural Born Killers as a Quentin Tarantino script, but I don't think that would really count because by the time old oliver stone gets yeah old. it's an oliver stone movie it's, more it's, than anything it's, it is definitely an oliver stone movie but uh you, you could definitely see see a little bit of mickey and mallory going on in in this movie which is true romance um for for some reason a movie that i've always thought was directed by what's his name roger avery yeah it, no it is not roger avery it is, it is not ridley scott's younger brother tony Yep. The, Who the directed one of your least favorite movies of all time? Which one's that? Top Gun. Oh, I've still <laughs> never seen Top Gun, so I can't really. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I thought it was. I can't uh, really one of those... say it's the, the <laughs> one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but I. It's well, it is what it is. <laughs> I don't think I would like it though, but you never. Um, you probably. I think I would have liked it maybe if I saw it in the '80s when it came out. And, it's uh, uh, if if you're into the to the to the U.S. military porn and dogfights and and the techie kind of stuff, I, most <laughs> of the movie I think is garbage. I love all the stuff that takes place on the carrier and with the jets though, and Val Kilmer. So, 
Oh, well, you'll show up some, in this movie as well. You're going to get some Val Kilmer in this movie too, yeah. yeah. Right, you are. And, uh, yeah, so so tonight's movie is True Romance. We're starting uh, with a movie that he did not direct, but he definitely wrote this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess Tony Scott only really didn't didn't do an awful lot to the script except put it in in uh it was not in chronological order in quentin tarantino style yeah so he put the story in chronological order but obviously he left the dialogue intact because there is no doubt what's going on in this movie yeah so if you ever had the thought what if somebody else directed a tarantino movie this will be a pretty good indication of it yep Yep, if if somebody talented <laughs> directed a, a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yes, so, this is the director's cut we're watching, by the yes. way. There are two cuts out there. And uh, we've got we've got the we've got the movie queued up. We've got it set on zero, and the way we do it is uh, I will give a three second countdown, and when I say go, you hit play. We'll hit play, and we will watch this puppy together. Yes. It's more not as much of a puppy as a, a full-grown pit bull, but yeah, this, yeah <laughs> yes, a all raw, right, very raw pit bull. Yes, and and uh, and uh, yeah, I got some stories of this movie. All right, all right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. It's on. Oh my God, it's on. Oh. Has begun. Oh. I got dragged to this movie by my friend Anna Maria, who was uh-huh. the bo- uh, she was a girlfriend of my my friend Dave, who was a my friend from film school, and um, she had taste in movies. I'll just put it that way. Um, All right. Sometimes uh, you know, I mean, through her and her friends, that was the first time I ever heard of Jackie Chan. She turned Excellent. me on to the Ben Stiller show. All right. One of the one of the greatest shows on on tv she turned me on to ren and stimpy when they came out (laughs) but she would also just grab you we're going to the movies let's go to the movies and or we're going to blockbuster or or whatever and uh one day she she dragged we're going to the movies what are we going to see oh you're gonna love it it's so good and it was uh she's like i've already seen it three times and i just have to share it with everybody and what was it the (laughs) son-in-law With <laughs> Never have a group of people walked out of a theater more angry with one person than after that movie. Full, full disclosure. Yeah. You love it. I don't it. hate that movie. No, I don't love it. I don't hate it though either. It's absolutely stupid, but it's kind of supposed to be. It's Polly. She Shore. was in love with Polly Shore. So the next Bye. weekend, next weekend, she she was taking us to see this movie because her film school friend who had really good taste told us to see it and no, everybody balked at it. And I'm like, I'm not going to see some movie called True Romance after seeing The Son-in-Law. But she talked us into it because she was very persuasive. And uh, at this point in the movie, I was kind of hating it. I was kind of like, well, I don't want to well, hear about El- Elvis because at this time the Elvis thing was getting kind of old. Yeah, this is, but I mean, this is just the seminal Quentin Tarantino right here. Dorky guy in a bar talking about Elvis and Sonny Chiba. I mean, this is Quentin yes. meta in the movie. Yes, he's he has said that this is his most autobiographical movie. And 
clearly pick Christians and and like <laughs> Christian Slater, Slater can be very just abrasive as an actor and yes he's, he can he's turning up his heathers right here he's he's really being really heathers like in in this he's kind of uh it's halfway between heathers and halfway between his I'm gonna try to do Jack Nicholson but younger right yes. Yeah, I mean Heather's Heather's was like totally, I, the fil, uh, side story. The filmmaker for Heather's came to our college to show us Heather's and uh, and let us ask questions about it. And when I asked him, I was like, "Did was it a was it a choice between you and Christian Slater? Did you tell him, or was it his idea to do Jack Nicholson through the whole movie?" And he got infuriated. He was really? just like, he was not doing Jack Nicholson, and like the whole class was just sort of like. Okay, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, we he, saw he, the well, movie. He, we just saw the movie. <laughs> well, that's kind of kind of his shtick for a long time. Was yeah. Was that? Yeah, I'll always remember him showing up in Star Trek and just leaning in the doorway uh, like, "Hi, Cap- Captain." Captain, sir. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and see, at uh, this point, I was just like, I'm done with the whole Elvis as a pop culture thing and we just had a few years before this wild at heart with yeah. uh by david lynch which is very similar except just basically nicholas cage just played elvis <laughs> yeah well though i mean the way that they work elvis into this isn't the way that you think they would so i i kind of no. I, I, no. I go with it especially since i like the actor playing <laughs> playing elvis oh yeah 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 and and you know that that's the thing about this movie though i i think it's set up to be just like oh yeah this is this is almost this weird friction between the 80s not really being quite over yeah you know film wise and the 90s not quite really setting in because tarantino hasn't set in yet right and it's one of these great movies where you you watch and it's like, oh, this guy and this guy is in it and this guy is in it and this guy yeah. is in it. So it's, I mean, even Tony Scott was kind of doing for some of these actors what Tarantino would do later was putting them in really interesting roles, you know, when they may not have been anybody yet or were something in the past and now they're kind of it's, a, it's something a, else. It's a smart decision because that's what Tarantino's fascinated with is the B-movie and the character actors. Why not use them why yeah. not put them right in the and 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 while we're mentioning it since it's so prominently going on right now then what a the weird Zimmer, soundtrack the Hans Zimmer score which has been on Miller High Life commercials and anything and everything and trailers ever since and and I think this movie purposely starts out in the the sucky part that I that I don't like we're in so you've got this character He's kind of a loser. He just struck out with the girl. He's he's like wants to be the Hollywood cool guy. He's in slushy, gross Detroit. Yep. <laughs> Everything's gloppy and gloopy and gross and yep. cold looking. Yeah. And this, I mean, this is this is straight up Quentin right here. We're watching somebody else watch Sonny Chiba in the street fighter you know it's just like pretty soon they're going to be talking about it yep but and in yeah. comes patricia arquette 
and this is all stuff that I, I hate meat cutes. I hate manic pixie. Yeah, she's not this, quite manic pixie though, because we find out what she is in a little right, bit. Right, right. You know? That's that's so what it's... I'm saying. They're they're setting it all up with all this stuff that I hate, and then they switch it all off at, at yep. a certain point. So it, 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 I realize that it was done purpose. I I realize it especially since it's been 20 years since I saw this movie when before I watched it for this podcast, and I found myself after knowing that this is a fucking awesome movie. I found myself going like, oh, what am I getting into my, this? Maybe this movie isn't going to age well, you know? And uh, I, Yeah, I mean, I, I watch it every year or so, and it's I think it holds uh, up because it's, it's well, not yeah. really reliant on the time frame. No, this, well, yeah, it, but it, 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 it does capture <laughs> in time that the, prop, the era of Hollywood where Quentin Tarantino was first... Getting, he was sort of he he was sort of inserted in the film business, but this is where he's starting to like, you know, yeah, come into prominence and uh, and get somewhere. And in the in the course, the, this this movie and the next few movies coming out are gonna change the way like everybody does everything. everybody does movies in the in the near future. Yeah, and all I can say is she grew up a lot in between Nightmare on Elm Street three and this. And Quentin Tarantino's grown up a lot in in uh, in movies since you know he's learned a lot since this is like the Rosetta Stone of his whole language, but yeah. it's also a younger, less experienced Quentin Tarantino without a family. I mean, her character in this movie is not very well. Her her character is basically sort of like to. Uh, basically write you're so cool on a napkin yeah and, and hand it to this guy to fall in love fall in love with quentin tarantino yeah and to you know to join the chorus of the whole and 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 uh, this is a test we can do through this movie when is he not let's find out when he's not cool. i don't think he's ever not cool in this movie um he's sort of not cool now but from the moment where it turns. No, right here, where he takes it to the comic books. Well, where I'm getting ahead of myself. They're having, they're going to a diner, and I mean, it, okay, get ready because diners show up all the time in Tarantino movies. Yeah. Um, so clearly, that's a big thing for him. But uh, I mean, he takes her to the comic book store that he works at and lives above. That is the most uncool thing ever back then. <laughs> Nowadays, might be a little bit different. But no, I don't think he's, I don't think he's cool until it, I think being with her he gets to assert some coolness and you know especially after he finds out who and what she is well she thinks he's cool he's not cool but she finds him she finds him in a not cool way her his boss you know but spoiler <laughs> coming up but you know he he meets her in a in a not cool way but she 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 thinks he's cool despite yeah. all of it she's yeah. she falls well, she for likes him for who he is which and from is... that moment on he's never not cool he never loses his cool and it's no. <laughs> there's no, a, you're right. just a by the end of the movie everybody's going like who's this guy he's cool <laughs> everybody's just talking about how cool he is from beginning to end which well it's all it's also Christian Slater. I mean, so it's like you, you know, if now if, if this was Steve Buscemi playing this part, it might have you know been something a little bit different. And I think he tougher. totally could have. 
would have been tougher, but he totally could have pulled it off. But it's, I mean, you start with Christian Slater, it's like teen heartthrob on Christian Slater, you know? See, I always pictured him, you see, I never pictured him as, a, I guess he was a teen heartthrob, but I always pictured him as kind of like more like somewhere in the like, all right, he's from the like, you know, that Brat Pack era. But he's more kind of like a James Cagney. There's a bit of an um, edge to him, yeah. He's he's got kind of an obnoxious or a, or a P, little bit with a slash of Peter Lorre in there. He's got oh, a little bit of. I, I, I gotta I gotta de- de- derail you for just a moment. He's it's so they're in the comic book shop now and she's freaking out because you know clearly she's never seen anything like this because you know she's a <clears throat> she's a hooker and she's probably never been in a comic book store. Now. If anybody that listens to the network knows, I love the character Sleepwalker from Marvel Comics. Yes, I when noticed this. Ta- when when he when he's talking to her about comic books, it's an issue of Sleepwalker that he's showing her. Yeah, after saying he's gonna show her Spider Man number yeah. one. Is he accurately describing the story in Sleepwalker though? I would I don't know what issue it is. I'd have to go back and look. But, it, but he's got good. the character names right and stuff though, right? He is like No, he's just of... talking about he's just he, I think he just says like great characters, great art, great stories. Uh that's a ooh, that is the one with Deathlock. Alright. Um Yeah, he's not actually describing that issue, but that is an issue of Sleepwalker. The issue with Deathlock. I don't know the number off the top of my head. So uh big geek out moment for me. So Yeah. <laughs> and but everything look at, her, look at her she's like already yeah this is this dude. this is the point yeah she's already she's already like she's already figured out this is more than a job <laughs> yeah hey good for him yes in the very uh the steel blue steel yeah. blue sex scene yeah yeah oh christian slater's butt everybody loves and elvis in the background Elvis like DJing. Yep. Well, shit. If I was gonna, you know. Yeah. Steamy, steamy stuff. Oh, <laughs> look at the hairy chest. It's, 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 it's out there, man. It's a scene, man. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me of the sex scene, except this is a toned down sex scene from Desperado. Oh without, yes. without spurs and stuff, but it's the same sort of. Well, Patricia heat. Arquette doesn't have Salma Hayek's ass, so. No, she does not. And I'm not. I don't really find Patricia Arquette attractive. I think she's banging in this movie. Yeah, she it's, pulls it off with her personality in this movie. Well, really. like this, just right here, they've they've finished copulating and and then they're holding hands next to each other. Like that's not something you do with like you know a pump and dump pardon my language situation you know <laughs> we're talking about tarantino movies i'm gonna be a little graphic yeah um, so i don't know it's uh it's different because i don't think i don't think quentin would have shot that scene quite that way oh no he wouldn't have shot any of this th- well actually who knows like early on this this you know because he was still he hadn't like once Pulp Fiction hit, you know, that's when he really started really pushing his style, you know, and like, like, quote unquote, making decisions where you're watching the movie and you're like, oh, what the hell is a director doing here? This is odd, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. He did that a little bit in Reservoir Dogs, but Reservoir Dogs is fairly, you know, well, it's a, it's a chamber. It's a, it's a simple. 
Yeah, it's a drawing room mystery, basically. Right, There's not right. That many it's a closed sets. room drama sort of thing with, with flashbacks. But, yeah, I don't know. Where do these guys get these cool, shitty apartments? At least he has a shitty apartment that's cool. Like, usually, like, you'll see a guy like this in the movie and he's got some awesome apartment. His is shitty, but it's still pretty cool that he can. No, his apartment's basically like Rocky's apartment. It's crap. Yeah, but he's got the nice feature of being able to hang out on the billboard out his window. Yeah, but it's Detroit. Right. Yes. Well, that's the whole thing is you're living in Detroit. It's better set up than his dad has, that's for sure. Yeah. But uh Yeah, this um this scene right here where they're both breaking down, you know, that they realize who and what each other is is like it's so earnest. It's surprisingly earnest. Like I'm surprised this is Tarantino because This is where the movie only, turned for me. Yeah, cuz only in Hollywood really would this kind of thing happen I don't know how often this happens in real life where you know you find the literal hooker with the heart of gold and she falls for the guy who's I mean it, other than the fact that it's Christian Slater he's a schlub you know he's drinking alone at a bar and he works in a comic book store and he watches kung fu movies that's like you know 90% of the people that would be watching this movie <laughs> you know? right so, right not that you're all schlubs I, I'm a schlub Another um, thing about this movie is it lost money. I, yeah, I don't know how it could have lost money. Well, you know what? Because Quentin Tarantino wasn't a name yet, man. He was. He wasn't. But like, boy, you know, this movie. I, I guess it just didn't get the 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 word of mouth that it should have. But and and well, a lot of the people in it that like would be a like Samuel L. Jackson wasn't a draw then, and like no, no, this is. Samuel Jackson before he was Samuel L. Motherfucking Jackson, you know. I guess he was. He would have been do the right thing by this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think do the right thing is out. Do the right thing was out in the like '88, I think. Yeah, so like, he was still, you know, but he wasn't he's, the guy yet. Yeah, no, yeah. He, you know, I mean, he was. I'm sure he was. They were like, this guy's a really good actor. Yeah. But yeah, he wasn't like he was a a a list star. No, I mean, like. Were, and and like and like Christopher Walken and I and Dennis Hopper got a sort of second boost out of these movies, you know, oh, yeah. out of out of this. This was sort of their little boost in the. This was like, well, I guess Hopper got a boost with colors and stuff like that, but that was a while ago. That was a few years yeah. before that. In his and in, in Hopper in this is a very different Dennis Hopper than we'd seen. He's a very restrained character. He's very yeah, he's off a, he, off he, character. He's a no. He's a real guy in it. Yeah, really. he's a down-to-earth person. He's not doing a character. Right, you know, right. This one. He, Which is not... surprising again because it's a Tarantino script where almost everybody is over the top in some way, you know, and he's just the level-headed guy. Yeah, he's le- he's like, yeah, he's a he's a retired cop who's found his like zen-like bliss. See this to- like so far this movie is totally like sort of playing out like like wild at heart. Yeah, it's, you know, it's... They, they meet and then it then it just starts going into a, <laughs> it, they a wash meet and of now, blood. Yeah, and now we're married. And where does the story go from here because it's clearly not about the act of them falling in love. Oh, what better way to symbolize your eternal love for somebody else but getting your names tattooed on each other? 
Oh man, and she hasn't been out of that leopard print <laughs> jacket. <laughs> Guy looks like Danny McBride. A little bit, yeah. Proto Danny McBride. <laughs> oh man. And they're just like they are just blissfully happy to be with each other. But I guess yeah. there's that I I guess there's that element of unreality and, and fairy taleness to to most of his movies now that I kinda of look back and think on it, especially when we finally get to Once well, Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, I mean it's shit. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's a fairy tale. The title of the movie tells you so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, here we go. So, White black man. I found out. I found out. It was so funny. I did not know till after I saw this movie that that was Gary Oldman. Did not recognize him. Because it's he was funny, still though. in full-on chameleon mode, man. And and Samuel Jackson looks like the invisible man in this, almost. You know, you just see, like, the outline of his face. His face is so greatly chiseled in here. Oh, he's awesome. He's right out of a black exploitation movie. Yep, he's just he awesome is. looking. But I guess Oldman brought in the hair designer from Dracula oh. to do his dreadlocks, and then he went and got his prop for, of Dracula's eye for his for his goofy eye. Dead in this. eye. So Dead he's kind of the scar. So he's kind of channeling his Dracula energy for this. Yeah, there's a little little Sid Vicious in here too. You know, just the yes. I mean, he's full on totally involved and i mean if you haven't seen this movie the dialogue during this scene is ridiculously awesome and it's you like when he, between the dialogue and then this uh spray of violence here it's like yeah you're full on in a quentin tarantino movie quentin tarantino loves the loves the white guys who are at, like really really i'm i'm really really down with black people so much that i'm doing crimes with them Yep. Talking their language. Yep. <laughs> yep. And more uh, Asian cinema on the TV. It, 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 she's just buying into everything. But here's, oh, here's she the just turn, she You'll see it's a theme. She turns on the TV everywhere they go and is instantly just like, boom. and every time she turns on the TV, it's like an explosion of violence or someone yep. screaming. or. <laughs> yeah, and that, that would come right back in uh, Pulp Fiction. So, yeah, with uh, Bruce Willis's wife, uh, girlfriend, you know, was, every time, she, every time she's got the TV on, it's uh, something exciting. But uh, it's this turn right here, where he realizes what he's kind of gotten himself into—not to the point where it goes, but I've just married a prostitute. And I can't live with that, <laughs> you know. That <laughs> like... this this is also very this that's also something that just sort of like flew a little more. That this is just such a a time capsule, because because nowadays it's like, hey, look, don't get down on the sex workers, <laughs> you know. She's just doing what she had to do, you know. Yep. You know, and she didn't even she's do just anything. one shower away from being being untouched. So you know, but like, and 
And I think in a later Quentin Tarantino movie, he would have played more on the sort of like weird, like, because this is like sort of the toxic angle of relationships. But what's funny about it is, is like almost nothing between these these two in the frame of this movie have a true love relationship. So there's nothing toxic about anything any of them do because they're they're in this perfect fantasy yeah, and, and in, in Quentin Tarantino's fantasy relationship, if yep. he would have direct, you know, minus feet. <laughs> yep. And of course, and of course, Elvis is your imaginary friend in your conscience, played by Val Kilmer. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it, we never find out where he gets that snub nose revolver. So clearly, I mean, maybe it's because he's in Detroit. You know, you got to protect yourself. He's got a snub nose revolver. Yeah, it's yeah. Detroit. Detroit, bang bang. Yep. What movie is that from? Um, oh, I can't remember. I think it might be a it might be a Mel Brooks movie or something. They 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 get like a bunch of Asian people to drive, and they're like, "We're from Detroit." Bang bang. High, high anxiety was it? In high it might anxiety? be high anxiety. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is um, the beginning of the. The end of the well, not the end of the fairy tale, but the uh, the complication. <laughs> so that's kind the of honeymoon is over. Literally. <laughs> yep. Now it, it now well you know it, at, at this point we're 23 minutes into the movie. Like when I was probably first watching it, I'm like, where the hell could we be going with this? You know? Yeah, this because just it's a, this just a love story between these two and. Uh, well, and, after uh, you after you see Gary Oldman shoot three people with a shotgun, right, right, kind of like yeah, I don't know where it's going. <laughs> Be careful. I don't like how she's just like, well, I love you. he's dead. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't know. What do you say? How do I? Oh, the Zimmer, the Zimmer score is back. The xylophone. And I and love it. Here, he, Purple Cadillac, baby. Get, getting ready to enter his life. Of, I'm like, this guy's going to confront a pimp. He's such a cherry that he's driving up in his purple car. <laughs> well, they are in the Motor City, so I'm sure finding a secondhand purple Cadillac was probably pretty easy in, you know, 1990. Whatever. No, I'm just say, I'm saying way to, not to be subtle. <laughs> and, and Drexel's hideout is literally red lights in it. It's yes, like... <laughs> yes. It's not really a hideout that much. It's pretty much advertising what's going on. Yep. Yeah, the, 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 the set design in here, too, is great. It's like exactly what you would think of. It, 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 taxi driver? Hmm? Uh, uh, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, Brad Pitt and Fight Club. Oh, yes. But that was several years later. Huh. Yeah, it totally is. He's Well, the taxi driver between the, the sunglasses and the, the Army-Navy surplus jacket. Now I think, you know, everything in Quentin Tarantino movies is meta. Now oh. we're getting to, this is the like, this is that. Okay, now watch the TV in the background. I'm almost. I I was watching the other day. So I'm like, is that Quentin Tarantino creepily grabbing the woman's boob in the background? No, I think it is just from the Mac, but 
I, I haven't seen the Mac in forever, so I, know I haven't the, seen the Mac since, since yeah, since prior when I saw it was probably around the time I saw this movie actually. I, I remember I remember we had a big po- we got found a nice poster of the Mac that we had hanging in our house and we were like we gotta find this movie someday and watched it and watched <laughs> it and were very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it's I mean this is yeah the guy, the, the guy does kind of look like Quentin. Like Quentin was was much younger than than that guy right here. That's true. That's true. He looks like Quentin does now. You're right. But I, this is this is the first I think official Quentin Tarantino esque conversation with five layers of meta going on in it. You know, where one per, where one character is allowed to dominate for a while and really show their dominance and like assert that they've got the shit together. And then the other character comes back with a with a like with a nice you know comeback. Yeah, the very smooth, cool, you didn't get to me response. And Gary and Gary Oldman is just he's not chewing the scene well he is chewing the scenery, but in the in the best way possible. The, you know? he, well he's 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 making it he right now with this character you're going Okay, maybe this guy isn't as much of a clown. Maybe this guy is really smart to be acting, you know, or maybe he's able to act this clownish because he's actually is a lot smarter than he appears to be, you know. Yeah. And 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 the confidence, you know, there's always that, you know, and and they get, you know, this is the like just the, and then turn it turn it. And then it all gets turned around. Oh, yeah. Because this is the kind of stuff that, like, in real life, you'd love to be able to do. Right. You know? Everything he does. I don't think he, 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 well, I mean, he gets, he gets the shit beat out of him. But, like, I think from here on out, he's like, he's an unwavering hero, you know? He's, he's. Everything he's doing, he's doing for for love, he, and he's doing it confidently. You know, yep. he's he's got his confidence now that he's got his girl, <laughs> and he's seen the movies. He's seen yep. the movies too. So, yeah. Got motherfucking Charles Bronson here. That's so it's so great. I have the volume up just enough to hear, to hear yeah, the dialogue, just... and I get I get sucked in, man, because <laughs> Gary Oldman <laughs> is straight killing it in this movie. Oh man! And then it's just all hell breaking loose here. And at le- you know, at the very least, when the characters get the shit knocked out of them in this movie, they get the shit knocked out of them. They yeah, don't, they don't After, pull the punches on it. From this point <laughs> on, uh, yeah. Cool. Clarence's face is pretty much busted up from the from this point on in the movie. It's like he it's like he and 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 Arquette, they both have to go at some point they have to go through like maybe they're they it's their rite of passage where they get beaten into their romance, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's definitely something between them and it's it is fairy tale, but it's this is the I don't know. I don't know if there's a traditional hero's journey arc in this movie because 
they're both kind of no. anti-heroes. No, this is just a. It, it's this is just sort of a parody of making a movie. <laughs> like all of his, they're all about making movies in some way. I mean, you know, once this one gets that, once this one gets out of Detroit, you know, I mean, we're talking about the two sort of templates of America: Detroit, the industrial template, and then the world of fantasy in the in the movies and. Like everything so far while we're in Detroit is happening at night. It's dark. It's moodily lit. And yeah. uh, this movie is go. And once this movie turns, it goes into sunshine after all that. Oh, it's yeah. all, we, and bright colors. And, yeah, we go from the, the steel blue before that color palette was used ad nauseum <laughs> to, uh, to the amber haze of California. And then we get to meet, which I'm sure, you know. All the people that Tarantino met in order to get his movie, and I'll bet you that you know later on the, the one character we're gonna meet is probably about fifty percent Weinstein, you know. Oh, <laughs> you know yeah. who I'm talking about, you know. He's yeah. probably is probably based on some of his 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 you know relationship with Weinstein, or or any or anybody in Hollywood. But you know, there's probably a little bit of it and. Everything. Valky's character is total, you know. Oh yeah, that is, is his chance to to get back at the the Hollywood phonies. Oh, and then the shot to the balls, which is like, come on, this is snub this nose, is ter- sick I balls. Don't, I don't think Tarantino would have this many Dutch angles, but it's Tony Scott. Yeah. So. <laughs> it, this movie does look great too. I mean, it's it is that that crossover, like you said, between the '80s and '90s style yes. of, uh, of filmmaking. Oh God! And it's this is just. I mean, this is Taxi Driver right here. It's just him unloading. Yeah. Well, that's what Elvis said, man. You just unload right in his face. You just. And then, then Days of Our Lives on the TV. Why do I know this? <laughs> Oh, because that's because that's the soap opera I'd watch during breaks during uh, high school and college. <laughs> and I gotta be honest, if I just went and murdered a whole bunch of people, yeah, I'd be getting cheeseburgers myself. He totally looks like Tyler Durden. Yes, right there he does. It's the Elvis sunglasses. That's what yes, it, is. it is. Those are Elvis sunglasses. Yep. I know because I have had a. I used to have a pair of those in our house. Authentic. <laughs> Ooh. prescription yep we had a roommate whose father was a biker and was invited down to, with all his friends to graceland one night and oh. elvis gave one of the bikers a, a gun and and uh his father stole the glasses off a table <laughs> hey man i you know what i put him on man i put those suckers on he had oh, a pretty shit. he had a pretty uh pretty strong prescription to tell you the truth Pop the lenses out and get new ones put in, man. Are you kidding me? No way, man. I'm keeping Elvis's prescription in there. All I'll right. Wear them till your eyes adjust to. <laughs> well, you can see like Elvis. See the world through Elvis's eyes. Yeah, man. Yeah, when you put them on, man, you could tell if the panties were white. They had special filters. Oh, really? This was a nice twist in here that she's crying and she's just like, that was the most awesome yeah, thing that anybody could ever do for me. It's so over the top and so ridiculous that I just, I, I get sucked in and I, I, I love it. 
but that's that, that is that the, the, there were so many relationships like this in this time period of those you oh, know like Sid, Sid and Nancy the 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 you know the like you know we're oh. gonna we're gonna hook up and just burn down to nothing it was a thing in those days you know the 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 it's it's the teen romance thing you know where it's just like you and me forever honey doing crimes yep well they don't really want to do the crimes. no they don't they, kinda, they just it, get they just well, get propelled hit, through it till they yeah, don't hit, have hit, to anymore him opening up that uh that <clears throat> that travel bag with the coke in it it's like okay let's go into the second act of the movie that's when is... i knew I, that's when i knew okay now we got something going here because now somebody's after you know then then i was like okay this is this is there was another movie around this time period and i can't remember the actress she's and uh had um oh from um what's what's his name from desperado oh uh antonio banderas antonio banderas and it was a couple and they fall in love and it's this love story and it's kind of an interesting love story i caught it on cable and and about like 30 minutes into the movie i'm like what is this just a love story and then it turns out that the wife was an alcoholic and destroys the marriage and it was an alcoholism story but it took like like it was the same thing of like what is this? Just a, a love story? How is this gonna turn into anything movie-like? And Dennis Hopper, man, it's funny. You you can tell Dennis Hopper is really acting when he plays a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, I mean, he he would have been clean for for quite a while at this point, right? I think his his crazy running right. days were were long over by this point. Right, but I but don't it's... think it was just the drugs that made... I think Dennis Hopper is definitely... He's just one of those guys. Yeah, a, yeah hey, hey, man! You know, and it was just easier to put him in those, you know, put him in River's Edge type roles because that's sort of where, where he's always been at. But, like, just having him play a normal, like, retired cop, slub, good-natured yeah. guy. Straight and he's great at guy. it. Yeah, he's he is. He's great. He's such he, a good actor. He's instantly likable in this, mm-hmm. you know, because he is the he's the only real normal, the only normal person in this movie, really. Well, Quentin Tarantino has this gift of like, of bringing out depth in people that are that could just be a caricature in a movie. He of putting a little extra intelligence and like you you get their thought process a lot more and he'll he'll turn them into real people and it's and it's weird because this is sort of a you know was a change in the way i remember in college i used to get a lot of attention from these two uh uh film teachers because i would try to write dialogue that was more human dialogue yeah and they would be like well you know people don't talk like humans in movies but this stuff flows good so it works and they yeah. were just and and like pe- people used to like either love or hate my dialogue in it, but it was sort of where it was. And Quentin Tarantino was like the king master of writing dialogue that seems like natural dialogue, but it really isn't. It's no. really like nobody talks, Quite but it like feels that. more natural than real regular Hollywood. Yeah, dialogue. It's, it's heightened reality dialogue, but not the heightened reality dialogue of something like, and I'm going to say Star Wars. 
you know? Right. Or, and Which it's, I mean, and, and both of them are trying to accomplish different things. But his dialogue, you could see maybe somebody, if two people were witty enough, having that kind of banter. It, it, right. it is almost a throwback to the, you know, 30s and 40s type dialogue where everybody was a wiseacre and well, everybody yeah. was aware. And every everybody, you, you, you're very made strongly aware of everybody's motivations for doing everything. Yeah. And and you know and a ch- there's a theatricality about it but like you, you you know like similarly like uh david mamet you know with like uh um, yeah. oh what was what was the one with the network. salesman uh no that network wasn't mamet. it was patty chayefsky <sighs> i can't remember anyway you know this real you know really theatrical like dense dialogue and tarantino's sort of like that too but his is even more yeah, it's people, you know what it is. People are always pleading their case. Like this is right here. Everybody's everybody's sort of pleading their case. And you know what it you know what it is. It's 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 theater. It's stage dialogue, but with the veneer of maybe a little bit more reality and reality. Yeah. And the characters also communicate a little better than normal people do. You know, that that they're they're clearly communicating and they they're doing it through. You know, partially the layer of of movie talk, and through Quentin Tarantino, and it could be like really pretentious, but he pulls it off. He, yeah, I mean, so it also I, helps I, that he gets great actor. You know, when you get the, great actors to work with this stuff, they know just what to do with it. You know. Yeah, like the like the scene coming up shortly between Hopper and and Walken. You know, you plant the camera and you don't do too many reverses and you just let the actors let them, go. Let them do it. Let them do it. And there's like five things going on in that in that thing that are so wonderful and and amazing. Yeah, I remember seeing that in the theater. We'll we'll get to that soon enough. But yeah, that you, you could have heard a pin drop in. Oh in yeah, because I mean, come on, it's 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 walking in opera with great with just great dialogue, and you don't know where it's gonna go the first time you watch it. Because both of them are like serpents ready to strike, and you just don't know when it's going to happen. And, and another thing about the the love story in this is there's no tension between those two characters. Once no, they hook they're, up, they're all never, in with each other. It's not even about that. that. Scene where, even that scene where like the she's like having tension with the father and stuff. She's just like, okay, honey, buddy, whatever. It's just I love this scene. Yeah, and I'm not I I'm not a big Michael Rappaport fan. But he is perfect as this character. This yeah, no, coolest. he seems so. And, and when they introduce him here, it's like, what the fuck what? is going? Yeah. What? Who is this doofy? He's he is like a human um, um, dog. He's, yeah, he's, he's like, like a, a big friendly puppy dog. But I'm trying to think of the. He's like a big golden retriever. He's got yes. golden retriever energy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna give it my all. I'm gonna give it my all, and I'm kind of dumb and and just tell little, me what you little want. dumb around the edges, but just good natured and 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 this is beautiful because the payoff to it is yeah is that that's totally Hollywood. She doesn't give a shit. You're like, oh, this guy's totally not getting the part, but it's like, no, she doesn't give a shit. She just wants she just has to get him on tape doing that and then show it to somebody else. That's yep. just her job. Yep. So. 
Yeah, you know, whether it's good or bad or indifferent. She or doesn't whatever. care. <laughs> yeah, and it's... Man, I just... I'm getting sucked into this. Because once Hopper shows up, it's like... <laughs> you just have to catch your breath. Like, it's been another 20 minutes since we mentioned the time. It's like, this movie just... Hums along. Yep. yep, flying right along. I may have to watch some more Dennis. Some some. I haven't watched many Dennis Hopper movies lately. I got a lot of favorite Dennis. I haven't seen Colors in a long time. I want to see how that uh, how that ages. Probably not so well. <laughs> not not quite as well. But it's. I mean, it's Dennis Hopper, so you can't take your eyes off him. You know, yeah, and, and even that is like a far cry from him in Apocalypse Now. You know, we're we're gonna walk down there and fuck every one of those cows. <laughs> I haven't seen that in forever. Jesus. Yeah, that's one of the only scenes I remember in it, and the song, colors, colors. <laughs> oh man. They're just like it was, I just remember so brave. Dennis Hopper's made a movie about. But the gangs. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's a, a, you know a different choice because by that point in his career, again, he wasn't going to be the guy that was you know in the gang. He would have been the yeah. guy that was going after the gang. And you know it's and then uh, was Speed out before this? I don't no, know. No, Speed was after this. So we, I mean, he did get to chew the scene, play a bad guy again after this and he's probably one of the best parts of speed and speed is a totally ridiculous movie but you're watching it for one reason you know fast car must go <laughs> so <laughs> but it's a, i mean even that performance is is vastly different than this you know there's there's genuine concern in his face here for his son yeah and what he's gotten himself into He's a cop, but he's also this guy's father. So he's also yeah. like, you know, this guy is like this for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I imagine there's probably some... some... I love this scene. I love the, uh, I love the, this. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. you can see, look at him. He's just yeah. like, you can see that, that somebody, just, she just took like a glass of life and poured it into his... He's just like, I'm the happiest man in the world. Look at him. He's just like, yeah. <laughs> Now I recognize you. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> it's su it's such a brilliant little 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 touch. And look at him. He's just like I, I and his reaction when she first pulls away from the kiss that she gives him. I th I think she planted that one. She might I think she might have slipped him the tongue or was you know giving herself a little bit of you know extra time there because I don't think that was quite the reaction that was supposed to happen. Well, either way, it was priceless. It was yep. it was fantastic. And now we're suddenly out in the uh, getting through the Midwest and look at the color palette change. Now it's all changes. Yep. Now very little. I don't know if any of this movie takes place at night from now on. Um, I think it might all be to, in bright sunlight for I the think, most part. I think it is. Yeah, I mean they're in the, they're, you know, they're in the land. They go to the land of stars now. <laughs> and uh, and of course Clarence knows this down on his luck actor out in California because why wouldn't he? Well, it's his best friend from high school. It's his his nerd buddy. Yeah. It's it's Dante and Randall right there. Oh Jesus! I mean this, it is. The, this the, the this time period is so has so much like it, 
common things, you know. It's it's our aesthetic. This is this is this is the Generation X aesthetic. At least we got this into the movies, you know, for better yeah. or worse. For better with Quentin Tarantino, for worse with about everybody else who attempted it. Yeah. After, after Quentin Tarantino, Quentin, I know a lot of I know people's opinions vary but i'm not a big fan of like guy ritchie i always thought guy ritchie was like i it depends uh, on one one of the tarantino wannabes you know yeah i mean that being said i i love snatch i i mean i've watched that a bunch of times and it is you know it's a pulp fiction homage ripoff whatever you want to call it but i'm entertained by it because it's great character actors doing cool shit in that and uh yeah it's Quentin Tarantino Tarantino always moves forward. His movies evolve, and you know, like, I mean, think of it. Think of her character as the the the, you know, basically the only real female character in this movie, and think of think of how uh, different that would be nowadays. You know, nowadays there there almost isn't a Quentin Tarantino movie. I, where you know one of the leads and strongest characters isn't a woman, you know, and, right. and with with a with a with an interest like this this woman her character isn't interesting outside of their relationship. Their relationship right. is, but she did you know there's not much going on with her as a character, you know. No, she I mean she does hit a little bit of self actualization later, and uh, you know we'll get there. Oh, all right, here we go. <laughs> Look at that. Just a to Watkins face. Tell Luca to go outside. You know what? The way he folds up his suit is fucking glorious. It's yeah, everything about this is glorious. Yeah, this is this is some fine wine right here. And and I remember seeing this in the movie, and I'm just like, oh, my God, he's sacri-. You know, you see the moment where he decides, well, I'm going to sacrifice myself. And uh, and the second he decides it is when he gets the cigarette. And my, yeah. my fantasy is that they instructed him, all you want to do is finish a cigarette. You just want to keep him talking long enough because you know you're going to get killed. You want to... Yep. Make him angry enough to kill you fast, and might as well at least get the the big guy to kill you to sully his hands. Yeah. And uh, and finish finish this cigarette, cause, goddamn, it's been a long time since I had a cigarette. Yep. Although I still it's... carry a lighter. <laughs> well, they they have other uses than for lighting cigarettes. Yeah, but it but he carries it because he's an ex smoker and it, and he remembers it. It's just beautiful. There's so much like you can find you can see so much about all these people in just these few minutes of dialogue. And at the same time, it's sort of this formal presentation made to us. It's sort of like here is a film moment. I'm going to compose this all. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Tony Soprano in the background before he was anything. Yeah. I know he's such a little kid in this movie. He's, I know, he's and he still looks. Ruffian. Yeah, 
little. He's like he's like six five. Yeah, I know, like but he looks tank. so he looks so he 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 does. He looks like the the mini version of himself, you know, the the just out of the gate Tony Soprano. Yeah, the proto. And when he Soprano and that whenever he smiles, it's the most evil looking oh, yeah. thing ever. Yeah, I just. This is, you know, I, I watch a lot of movies. I don't, I could talk about a lot of movies. I wouldn't consider myself an expert by any stretch of the imagination. But if I was ever going to teach a film class, this is one of the scenes I would show. It, it's oh, yeah. Just, it's just so good. It's one of the best scenes in, like, in movies in the last 20 years. And it's just, it, it's just acting. That's really all it is. There's no crazy camera angles. They're not doing anything flashy. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then it, and then it's just Hopper Tate. And then it does the classic. I'm gonna take this in a unexpected direction. Yeah. When he starts talking about his lineage. Yeah. <laughs> in the movie you, theater, we, we were just. I, I I gotta say, yeah, it's politically incorrect, but in the utility of what's going on here. Yeah. You know, well, I his, mean. His purpose is to do that at, at that point. And both of these characters, like he's an old cop in Detroit. He's probably a little, little racist, or at the same time, he's also smart enough to know that like a Sicilian mob guy is super racist yep. and super and and you know, come on and insult like trying to you know. It's literally he's like, I'm gonna be a. I'm going to look into your soul and figure out what is the worst insult yeah. that I can and, drop on you for in your context. And you it's know? and it's basically a yo mama joke. It's a yo mama joke, but it's just you know. I mean, okay. Hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't say anything racist. This guy's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <He's, Yep. laughs> and it's mafia guys. He's it's it's yeah. I mean. It, it, we're also looking at the DNA of, of Quentin Tarantino finding ways to put that word in context in the movies to where it's actually like usable. And yeah. he knows it's a word that generates friction, you know? It yeah, makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, and he uses it you, for that. Instantly when you hear it, especially during this time frame. You know, your ears are going to prick up and you kind of sit a little bit straighter because you're like, um, okay. And I, think, I think Quentin Tarantino sat after a while and we'll see after Reservoir Dogs. Maybe he thought to himself, you know what? Maybe I should have some more black characters in my movies, <laughs> some strong yeah. black characters. And after that, like he wrote some of the most amazing black characters in, in movies. And, you, you know, you can, you can just see the genetics in here that he's built off of and refined. And, and like, I don't think he's really, like, changes stuff because of criticism, but he does, he does change stuff to make it so if he's going to use repetition, it's not always for the same reason. And, and now that he has, he has things that he's known for. He can, he can, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was pretty much N-word free. I think it was 100% N-word free. Well, yeah, because he was taking shots at a totally different 
marginalized right, right, right. group. Right, but it was, but you know, it, it, you know, people are like, "What do you mean? It's a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's, you know, I mean, God forbid it wasn't foot free. It's never gonna happen. No, but uh, he he up up the ante in in Hollywood with Dirty Feet, so he could really uh, yeah. <laughs> Two yeah. two sets of dirty feet. He was he was just like, screw it. I'm come. I'm gonna be even more open about it. Yeah. Yep. So Dennis Hopper is just like, yeah. I'm gonna enjoy this one cigarette. Yeah. Give me. I got a couple minutes left. You can see him as he tells the story. Like as it's getting low, he's like, I'm gonna have to, have to. Here's a fact. I don't know whether you know. Step this up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just that slight little smirk because he knows where he's going with it. And Walken doesn't know yet, and he just he can't wait to drop that bomb. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. He's like he's he's stringing Walken along. I mean, both Walken's pretty much like we're gonna we're gonna be killing this guy. Yeah. But but he it could turn it could turn it could change. Yeah, you don't know, you don't know. Maybe we just beat the beat the bag out of him and leave him for dead. You know, but <sighs> not when we get to the final rub here, and it's. And you know, when I watch this, I don't see Christopher Walken acting. I see Christopher Walken listening. Yes. Dennis Hopper. <laughs> you know, I think I think everybody there is. He's doing he's he's working those working those jaw muscles and yeah, it's all just like that, you know. This guy also knows this guy's a mafia lawyer. This guy's got to be one of the kings of poker face of all time yeah. so he's gonna break his poker face no matter yeah. no matter what he has to do to do it and uh <laughs> whether it's anger or laughter or whatever and then <laughs> and then after the explosion of violence the two henchmen in the back <laughs> yeah, what yeah, happens, yeah you know and then it's just like it's and it's hilarious after you've just I, seen this horrible thing. Being the being part of Demanza Corp, I really feel ashamed a lot of the time not knowing Italian because I think it would be really fun to know Italian in 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 this movie to hear what these guys are saying. I mean, sometimes I could tell because like you know when they get angry at the end, you hear some putas and stuff in there. Yeah. Putato, putato. I'll ask my brother-in-law. I, he he loves this movie. I'll say, hey, can you translate with the uh, the Sicilian? He's he's of Sicilian uh, heritage, so I'll ask oh, him. Oh yeah, I'll There's ask him. There's some real fun stuff in there. Oh, yeah. uh, I bet. <laughs> see, see where he does a little uh huh uh huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you see this? Yeah, that that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this in a lot of ways, this reminds me of me when I explode, <laughs> like a, at work or something on someone I don't like. This is how it starts. <laughs> You, you you start as Hopper and you end as uh, the last one. The last one I did, I got the the person threatened to, to uh, blow my brains out at the end well, of it. Must be doing something right then. <laughs> I was. <laughs> this is. Look at the, and then this this is like oh it's the kiss of death. That's yeah you know what that means that's not like hey yeah. It's Even just, that that uh, that last little just wave of the hand, that little like ah, you. Yeah. Because <laughs> 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 I mean, you got to figure 
Watkins' character hasn't been spoken to like that in forever. Since I'm guessing 1983. <laughs> killed anyone. Since 1983. 84. Whatever it was. Whatever, whatever year it yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> oh, man. And then this, these two right here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, oh, okay. the guy's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is, I don't know if that was a Tony Scott direction or if that was in the script, but that is totally Tarantino, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, and then you're just like, oh, fuck. Get ready to be happy. Uh, the clue is in front of him the whole time. It has to be. Yeah. The movie doesn't. Yeah, no, yeah. Then they go to. Otherwise, they go to Hollywood, sell their drugs, and live happily ever after. Right. Oh, uh, Capitol Records building. I don't think that's even around anymore. Really? The building? I think they. Uh... I don't think the building is up anymore. I could be wrong. Or if it's if it might be there, but Capitol Records don't own it anymore. I don't think. Let's do a little Google foo since we're doing a commentary and try to be somewhat in informative. We have a we have a Holiday Inn in Syracuse that's very that's I, I think was built on the same plan on the same round hmm. building plan. I don't know if it's a Holiday Inn anymore though. Yeah, I mean that building has been there for. Uh, oh, I guess it is still there. All right. Uh, let's see, it's still owned by them. This is thrilling, thrilling radio right here. The, the, the biggest actors of today are just lounging in the background of this movie, like Samuel Jackson and Brad Pitt. Yeah. I guess Brad Pitt improvised most of his lines and begged for this role. <laughs> I, and here's, here's my theory about this. I think this is who Brad Pitt really is. That could uh, very love, well be. I, love I don't know Brad. if he's that dumb. <laughs> I think he, he is. Have you, that heard, dumb. have you ever heard him in an interview? He no, is. But... He, he's like Harrison Ford, where he's like the definition of the tabula rasa. Like he is a blank slate. He wow. only has personality. When, when you he's give a him a character, those are the I best ones, so. I guess. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, where do you get that from? Where, where do you draw? confidence and intelligence if you don't have it you know you like he speaks with that like confident intelligence i guess you're an actor that's why yeah but but, uh, but yes yeah. the capital the capital records building is still in operation it is owned by capital and universal music group so brad pitt's bong in this the honey bear bong yeah when this movie came out they released uh, the, 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 uh, this movie might not have made a lot of money, but it was popular amongst pot, pot smokers. You <laughs> rarely saw a pot smoker featured in a movie, not in a positive light, but not in a just like totally horrifying light or in a just sort of hilarious light like this. And yeah. uh, I remember I was I was in a head shop and I saw the honey bear and I'm like, I got to get a honey bear bong just like Brad Pitt. And I have it to this day, to this very day. Nice. It has been through wars. <laughs> yet, and I got it, and I'm like, this is cool, but it's kind of a temporary novelty sort of thing. This thing will not last the test of time. And it has. And it sure has. Brad Pitt is a sloppy honey bear bong smoker, though. He smokes it without the cap, which is just gross. 
<laughs> just gross. But he's not, the... <laughs> it's not really my scene, so... <laughs> I'll let you crap. take... It, it's, it makes sense with that kind of roommate, though, like, better get some beer yeah. and cleaning supplies. <laughs> and the cleaning supplies is just total bullshit. <laughs> and it's like, how did, and then how did uh, Rappaport and, and Brad Pitt hook up in California? You know, Rappaport like, would be a good cowardly lion in the in a remake of the the ah you know he's got the voice it's his voice Uh, it's 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 too new york though oh yeah 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 i mean if you were gonna do a spin on it you know maybe but uh yeah i i I don't know i don't know he also wears the not cool he wears cool not cool t-shirts because they're always white t-shirts he always yeah. wears white t-shirts that are too big for him, and they just look goofy. So everybody else's t-shirts look cool in comparison. Yeah. I love how they they make him just totally out of place in this movie, and he works yep. at the same time. It's great. <laughs> it's 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 a Tarantino script, and I, everybody is I, almost larger than life in some way. I was reading about this. I guess they had to drug the hell out of him to get him on the roller coaster he's not a roller coaster guy so they had to give him like tranquilizers oh god so so i i I, i'm gonna be paying attention to see if he looks a little uh little sedated (laughs) i don't seem to remember i seem to remember him like looking no on the the... process show is the one who's freaking out right see that's the cat i see timmy roller coasters are a drug so yes Yes, roller coasters are one of the best drugs in the world. The only the only thing similar that I found that's beat a roller coaster is jumping out of a plane. And you know what? I they're very similar. I I don't do I don't like to do heights if I'm not strapped into something. So I don't think I could do uh jumping out of a plane. Oh, you're strapped in. You're strapped into something. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but you know what? That's not strapped into something else. (laughs) So. Yeah, I that's... love the I love this the the him the the him speaking in bad code, yeah. and they're just like, come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's I mean it's Balky for crying out loud, you know. <laughs> but the, the, his character is such a simp, but that the, then you see that he does allow him several scenes where he has his confidence, you know, where you yeah. see him like come through just as him, and relax. It's just so well written yeah and it's it, it, i mean seeing this for the first time i was like holy shit that's balky okay and it he's... was meeting guys like him when i was in film school that said made me go i'm not moving to hollywood <laughs> i yeah, i met yeah. so many of the i met so many balkies in in college that it was just like oh man i remember this one guy going Okay, well, I'm putting on my producer's hat now, and 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 I'm just like, why don't you just say what would you say to a producer instead of say, but like every uh, yeah, I look how, I just look how bright and colorful every and happy everything is, and it's, and it's on a roller coaster. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 
No, Rappaport looks pretty happy. He looks like he's having a riot, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, the trip up is the worst part, so it's like... Well, that, that's what it is. Like, he's not paying attention to a thing Christian Slater said. He's just like, oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, don't, I don't know if we would have gotten... Uh some of these shots of Tarantino was was behind the lens. I think we, it would have all been played on their faces completely. Uh-huh. You know, which which would work, too, but it's... Look at Pincho. This kid's killing me in this scene. He breaks down during this. He breaks down later on. It's so good. Well, he's also oh, another gosh. one, like, when you see his face, you're just like... Oh my God! They brought you know that's that's a, a television. He's a television actor. You yeah. know everybody thinks of him as a television actor. So it's like, oh God, what's you know? Yeah, baby, that's they, the thing. They, but he's perfect for it. Yeah, well, he was another stage actor too. It's like he's not untalented. It's just he got stuck on TGI Friday on yeah. you know ABC, and it's like you know it pays the bills. You're a working actor. You're gonna take what, what jobs you can. So. And I'm sure getting this script was probably a breath of fresh air. It's like, okay. Well, that was, yeah, that's that's what I love about Quentin Tarantino is he like is he 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 really has an appreciation for those character actors who've gotten themselves yeah. in a rough position. Like Robert Forrester is. Such I was just, a great I was actor. just about I was just about to say that he, I Max Cherry is one of my favorite characters in yeah. all Tarantino's movies, and it's yeah. most because of Forrester. And nobody thought. I mean, every. I mean, he's a good. I mean, everybody's seen him in good movies and stuff. But Quentin Tarantino said, "This guy's Oscar worthy. You know, this guy can do the kind of stuff that people put Pacino in for, and and he delivers a like a, a you know a top tier performance because somebody actually gave him some a top tier role. You know, and he." He has a good eye, although I don't know who cast this, but, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe he learned from, you know, the casting in this movie, because I hear he was pretty happy with this movie. Yeah, no, he, um, I don't think he's, I don't think he's got bad stuff to say about this, especially once he knew that he had to cede control and, you know, so he could be behind the, the camera for Reservoir Dogs. So, yeah, it's, um, if, if this was made today, that's definitely Danny McBride. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if it was made today. Today, with all the uh, the Weinstein stuff, I think he might have oh. be, probably be pulling a direct corollary. He would have found somebody that looks just like him. Probably. Oh yeah, you know, a little more frog-like. <laughs> a little more frog-like, maybe a little larger, a little more imposing in that mm -hmm. way. Because I mean, this is the the definition of the the Hollywood asshole producer, you know. I love though. I love how quickly he's just like once he gets on the phone with Clarence, who's cool, he knows yeah. exactly what to do. He's like, okay, now we can talk about this, and you know, because Valky's so awkward with it, it's just like this guy's like, all right, I speak scumbag too. Let's uh, let's do yeah. this, and and then you see then you see deft drug code talking. Yep. <laughs> Smoking, driving, and talking out his phone. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> oh, God. You know what dates this movie? The payphone. Yeah. More than anything. 
<laughs> and his cell and his car phone. Well, I, that's not dated to me. That's the kind of model my dad had in his car for the longest time, with the the big old battery pack and the whole yep. thing was sitting on the floor. Yep, so. my friend. I had some friends who had a their father had a phone like that in their car. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, I never realized this. They both have the same horseshoe ring on, Clarence and Alabama. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, oh, that might be their wedding rings. That is their wedding. Yes. Jesus, how did I never know? I have 20 years watching this, and so I've never noticed it. That's eh, why it pays to rewatch movies sometimes. It always pays to rewatch a Quentin Tarantino movie, that's for sure. Damn right. Damn right. And I love it. Your friend's an actor? Is it good? It's so awesome. It's so accurate. And then yep. when he hangs up the phone here, it's this is awesome. It's another Tarantino. We see him relax, and he's talking about a subject he knows about, and he's comfortable, and you see him as himself, you know, and not the wound-up version of himself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just uh, can't get over just the the Amber Haze. It's, I don't know, I don't know if Tarantino would have shot it like that either. It's so, it's just so orange, so bright. <laughs> it's hard to say. It's hard to say in this at this point in his career, you know, like Quentin Tarantino, like. You know, there was at first he was dialogue and the script was the strongest thing. But then after a while, he started getting some great cinematographers and started becoming Hitchcock like in his, you know, in his composition of things. So it's hard to say he might have been a little more straight up in, in these days, like with Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. All right. Here we, <laughs> here we go. How are you doing? Brad Pitt and James Gandolfini in a scene together. Just how like casually like friendly they are with each other is just so good. Exactly. With like, well, Pitt is just blissfully unaware. Totally unaware. Of any kind of threat. <laughs> it's like who would want to hurt him? He's just sitting there watching TV. Yeah, he's like, come on in and watch TV with me. I have a bucket. <laughs> Every time he has to try to think of something, it's like yeah. <laughs> you can see the wheels turning. Yeah, yeah, grinding. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Thank you. Okay. you can hear it in his, in his voice because he's got that like, hey, man. And I like how he's just like, don't fucking condescend to me, man. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> of course, tough so guy. You have no idea how that even played out in his mind. <laughs> if it even did. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and now, now it's like this last 45 minutes or so of the movie it just becomes like a totally different movie now too it's so weird 
if, if you know it's it's all about the deal now the the big drug deal everything in this movie is so familiar now but was so new when it came out it might have been more familiar like if i'd known more about like the the asian movies he was pay likes to pay tribute to with the with the mexican standoffs and yeah <laughs> and stuff like this but like you know just oh, out of nowhere oh yeah another another great act, character actors acting here it's just like and it, you know the way that the walk-in uh hopper scene is intense everything between the two of them here between uh alabama and uh james gandolfini is just the same thing it's just like where's this well, his gonna face, go man he's got that baby face and that smile but those eyes are fucking crazy and it's just you know you, you know, know what it is they, you know what it is no do you know what it is he's it's almost it's the same thing like uh private pile there's that baby face look but behind the eyes it's that murderous intent yeah yeah no there's yeah yeah, and and he also does that sort of like hang his head forward and look up with his eyes sort of thing like Pyle does in the bathroom yep. when he finally realizes that he does indeed live in a world of shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> that scene reminds me also of like this old Black Panthers poster that had one of the Black Panthers like sitting in one of those cane chairs with a with a gun in his hand. I wonder if it like sung over his I I wonder. Jesus, he looks. I, it's it, it, watching this man. It's he's just, got a little he's Kevin so Spacey back in those days. There's a, a little, little bit. Kevin Spacey going on. If Kevin Spacey was Which like a foot taller. Which doesn't make it less creepy. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Do me a favor. Yeah, and again, I'm get, getting sucked in here. <laughs> oh. It's just the the glee's like, yeah, I'm gonna beat this woman up, and I can't wait to do it. It's just so it's so terrible. Well, it's, I I'm thinking he's the guy who's been punching everybody out in this. I think that must be his specialty. And he was just like, yep, that's the that's the old uh, trademark copyright. <laughs> it's like the yeah. look on his face. I mean, it's you know knocks him out every time. Yeah, talk about you know your perfect casting though. I mean, he looks like a mafia enforcer. You know. Yeah. It, it sometimes, you know, if if you're a type, you you get those roles, you know. I wouldn't mind being typecast. At least you're cast, right? You're Shit. working. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and hey, it, it, luckily for Gandalfini, he got part. He's a great actor, so yeah. at least when he's playing mafia guys, he's given a really meaty part. I mean, you know, the, I mean, the basically he's he could probably never have to work again after The Sopranos. He probably, you know, he's he's dead. Oh, that's right. He okay. So then <laughs> he doesn't have to work. He does. Again. He definitely doesn't have to work again. I forgot about that. That was like real sudden, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm I'm morbidly obese, so it's like a dude that big and that heavy, not the best combination, you know. So it's like, I, yeah. Yeah, it was but a shock, also so. you're also like you can be that big and you're gonna have your health problems, but you're also gonna have 
A1 medical care. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? You can have A1 medical again, care. If you don't if listen doc- to it, I guess. If the doctor you know. says, uh, you know, these are the things you got to avoid, and then you don't avoid them. It's, yeah, that's true. You know? That's true. So. But we're getting too serious here. Yeah, because this, this is hard to watch. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I'm kind of doing it's, that because I mean, as as bad as Clarence had it earlier in the movie, Alabama gets it just as bad. Yeah, even worse here, you know. No, both of uh, it's it's almost the same beatdown, and then it goes to a then it goes to a, just before the turnaround. There's broken glass. Oh yeah. That it's like they're laid out very similarly. This poor guy. <laughs> this this cat that he's talking to is in a ton of movies. He's, he yes. shows up all over the place. Yeah, but he's just like sort of like, is this guy trying to pick me up or something? And you never know with Christian Slater when he talks about Elvis because he does definitely want to fuck Elvis. Yeah. Oh, you know what else dates the movie? Dude's having the, the middle part in the hair. Yeah. That's dead. It's, oh god, the scene, man. <laughs> she she's avoided all the the real nasty stuff so far. This dialogue reminds me of something Frank Miller would have written in a Daredevil comic. You know, the first time, you know, like Bullseye standing over somebody. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's pulp fiction. <laughs> you know, that's what it is. The bad but guy's like, going to be bad, and the bad guy's going to be kind of cool and bad, but real bad. He's just yeah. psyching himself up. He's enjoying it. He's, yeah. you know, it's definitely that sadistic undertone to him, because he knows at any time he could just snap her neck and it would be over, but he doesn't want to do that. I know he's, he's trying to get well, information, he, too. but Yeah, he might be just hoping to scare enough to... That was a really nice scene with the moving blades of light over the onto the Swiss Army knife. Yeah, and it's set up just a few minutes earlier when he opens the champagne at uh, Michael Rappaport's apartment too, so it's not out of left field. You know, yeah. it's just one of those small filmmaking things that you got to do. But you know, sometimes you got to make sure you hit the little things so that they uh, they all land. It's got sugar packets, tampons, cigarette, yeah. Yeah. all the purse things. Yep. And then this is oh my god. I ooh. You know, it's I mean, she's she's not a skinny woman by any stretch of the imagination, but Gandolfini's got, you know, 100 pounds on her. Yeah. And this I believe in real life if you did this to somebody, yeah, you'd be yeah. able to stagger no, them. Yeah, you, her face would be so swollen up right now in real life, you know, what I mean, it would be just a the, from a beatdown oh, yeah. like that, yeah, she would have black, like bro- broken cheekbones and stuff yep. like that. But it just the you know self-preservation. This is all I've got in front of me, and he just he he can't stop himself from just trying to fuck with her even more. Yeah. You know. Everybody had those little dinosaur keychains back then too. I yeah, I never did, but you know what? I kind of want one now. Then again, I used to hang out in a store that sold stuff like that. My roommate used to work in. Both of my roommates worked in it actually. Yeah. 
Yeah. And this right here, she's not... Ex and oh, who saves the day? Of course. Well, not quite. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> then again, she does finally finish him off with something from the toilet. And where did Elvis die? That's true. All right. That's absolutely true. I didn't think about that. But, uh, yeah, that whole time, though, he's expecting her to try to swing at him, you know, face or chest, and he's ready for that. And when she goes right for the, the arch of his foot, in step of his foot. But he, I mean, he's loving this because he's probably not been challenged by anybody in a long time. And it's yeah. this little, little blonde girl. And now after the, all bets are off, he's just just ready. I mean, even this right here, we've we've all gotten soap in our eye. It's such a small thing, but it's so good. And then this, the thud. Oh God! <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I like that that pull in on her head too. And then you know what? <laughs> oh God! Ugh. It's, hey, what it, a nice symmetry with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> yep. And now it's... And then just... It, I mean, this this is... This is natural born killers right here. Yeah. It's also it's also the same thing that happened with, with him. It's just like ended with like through the glass and then... Yep. Then just fucking destroying the person with a gun. Yep. Yep. <laughs> By this point in the movie, though, after he's, you know, they only have a couple of minutes together on screen, but by the time she takes, like, you're ready for, for her to kill him. Yeah. Because he's just so vicious. And now they got the good shit together. They got shared trauma, you know? Yep. So, there you go. <laughs> I like this, too. It's just... Just another day in Hollywood. <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> None of my business. Nope. Going back into my hotel room. <laughs> Just another guy with a purple Cadillac and a bloody girl. A bloody blonde girl, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, well. Better well, call. And everybody there is probably thinking, that's an OD. Because she's bleeding out of her. <laughs> this fucking part. This, this is what. This is one of the scenes like that I like after 20 years of like I remember it totally playing out. This scene is fucking hilarious. Because how many times do you think this has happened in Hollywood? Millions. Well, he's such an asshole, man. He could have just fucking gotten his ticket, but no. Instead, he's got it. He Had chickens out. It. And, yeah. And, uh, then again, he's driving a Porsche. You know what? Gun that thing. You'll be out running the cars right. in no time. Right. Now, I do have one problem with this scene. We just saw where her head popped up from. Her lipstick is perfect. Eh -eh. That's true. He's not gonna search you. You didn't do anything. Now just put in your bra. Just the the indignation right now. You are the one that wanted to drive fast. Read my lips. No. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're pretty much fucked at that point. These two cops are fucking great. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Young Young Chris Penn totally reminds me of Jonah Hill. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah. See, I don't like Sean Penn, but Chris Penn, awesome. I like Sean Penn when he's acting in something. He's he's fine, but like he's one of those like person. I'm never gonna like, like watch like whenever i see an interview with him and stuff it's just like oh jesus man he's uh, he makes his face into a punch me <laughs> bag just by opening his mouth but it's the same with tom cruise like i can't stand watching him I but i think he's I... A, just fine as an actor really good actor this, yeah even the chief is kind of dumb in this i love it but he's got the face <laughs> but all the yeah. cops are kind of dumb yeah, well, I mean, it's, it, yeah, well, that, I mean, the, the captain there, he's, I mean, he's been in a million things, too. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, he's passed on now, too. Jesus, it's kind of sobering. Um, yeah, but I mean, the thing I'll remember him from all the time is he was in Death Hunt. Did you ever see Death Hunt with Charles Bronson? No. He was wicked young in it. You need to watch Death Hunt. It's awesome. He's like, he's like, like 40% Craig T. Nelson. Uh, he's like a half a Craig T. Yeah, he's yeah, better actor than Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> no, these guys are great though. They've got the whole like, just the the Ill, the, the the bad clothes, the yep. way that their body language. It's just. God, look how young he is right there. Is that Sizemore? Yeah, he's just he's, he's so young there. Now you know if Quentin was casting this, that would have been Michael Madsen playing that yeah. cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just like <laughs> it's it's almost if if they stepped out of this movie and walked to the next set over, then they could have been the bumbling cops from Beverly Hills Cop, you know? <laughs> it's really what it is. There's going to be, we'll, we'll have more of that in Jackie Brown. I'm trying to remember the name of the movie that, because that, it's got um, Michael Keaton and the other guy reprising the role from, they did like the same two um, cops. Jackie in, Brown is based on Rum Punch, and then they did, um, oh shit, which one is it? It was, it was, I can't remember the director. It's the guy who did the remake of, um, of Solaris. Soderbergh? Soderbergh, and yeah, uh, and, it's a, it's, and I remember seeing both those movies in the theater and not knowing that they were Elmore Leonard's stories, and then being yeah. like, "Wait a minute, these are the two cops from." I'm like, "That's yeah. a weird thing," and then I and then somebody filled me in that they were both characters that were in the same Elmore, and I thought that was great that they got cast in both of those movies. It was that, that, uh, Jackie Brown was definitely better than the Soderbergh. Out of sight. Out of sight. It yeah. was a good movie, but it was uh, it was like a normal Hollywood filmmaker movie more, yeah. and it and it and it didn't have as much. Li- it had a different kind of life to it than than Jackie Brown, but Jackie Brown was definitely the superior of the two. And see, she her character, it's just like a eh, little little R and R after that beat. You know, most people are going to be like PTSD for the rest of their life for that. And in a hospital right now, but yeah, in the situation they're in, can't really go to the hospital though. No, you can't go to the hospital, but like, you know, 
psychologically they're both over it now they're like okay we got each other but i mean it works in the yeah i mean they're 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 codependent and broken in kind of the best possible way you could be i guess yes yeah well you know yeah it, for in the in the framing of this film it's it, it works but like and and also because characters like that are set up to, are also set up to go off a cliff together at the end of the movie so it, yeah. it's sort of set up to be like you know it's it's the hot love that 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 burns fast and you know goes fast so and short and there was a lot of that in movies in these days so it's sort of set sort of setting that up yeah. to be to be subverted a little bit he's <laughs> just so casually stupid it's just great and that hat is, is uh, the exact hat that character would be wearing in 1993. And he'd be the, the epitome of the kind of person I wouldn't want to hang out with. I'd be like, dude, you're whiter than I am. Dirty as shit. <laughs> yep. Well, he, his, his character, those kind of guys, I also think of those guys as, as big old, just dumb, friendly puppy dogs. So these guys are too, like, just... Doofy dogs living in a in a in their doghouse, you know. Yeah. So, you know, very simple, simple lives. Can... <coughs> Brad Pitt's a little simpler, <laughs> a little simpler than him. He just needs yeah. his beer and honey bear. The other guy's yeah. got his career. Yeah, he's trying to get his career going. Yeah. Oh, he'll do just fine in Hollywood, <laughs> as we find out. Yeah, he'll he'll be hanging out with uh, Shatner. Oh yeah. This is just a, the the sound in this scene is really nice. The sound of the bullets and the clacking is is just total. It's the gun porn scene. My favorite is the end when they're just like they got everything all loaded up and they just throw all the extras in the bag and just sort of shake them down to the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Cause what else are you gonna do? Can't leave anything in there. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. This is a very filmmaker stuff. scene too, because this is like what this is like filmmakers packing up at the end of the day. <laughs> it's the same sort of thing. <laughs> I love the one cop just sitting there eating his sandwich, watching the whole thing, just like yeah. this is fucking great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, these two idiots don't even know what they're in for. All three of them don't really know what they're in for yet. The, the guy with the sandwich is like, these two idiots have stumbled onto the, just the greatest, like, rat. Oh, it's not even a sandwich. Have. It's cereal. Which cereal. <laughs> He's just like, this guy is the biggest rube ever to walk the, into. I'm just, I gotta watch service. this. The guy's over at the craft service table. <laughs> Taking shit off the freaking room service too. It's like <laughs> they're like it's just taking the piss out of like every '80s buddy cop team, is what it is, you know. And, and also, we're talking Tarantino here. This is also all of everything he does is like a big parable for filmmaking. These guys with the with the wire on him and everything. It's like a film crew filming a movie, you know. They're they're like, the guys, you know. Later on, we'll see the guys with their 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 uh, earphones on, just like, oh, I love this guy. Oh, we can't yeah. pick it, you know. It's it's everything is a movie in Quentin Tarantino's universe, which is appropriate, yeah. you know. His 
if someday we, we're going to find out that like his whole everything happened with him and was it Avery that used to work in the video store with him? I think so. It's going to end with them just in a video store and everything is just they're all just movies in their video store as they that fantasize be about sweet. being filmmakers someday. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had a we have not had a nighttime scene. Since, and this uh, is a and notice how everybody sloths off, um, sloths off her getting beaten up. When it would be like the first thing anybody in the world's gonna think is Christian Slater beat her up. Yeah, especially, <laughs> and especially with the like I was playing basketball and stuff. You know, they they uh, they get a couple of like, but then everybody's just sort of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, there's really no, in this kind of movie, there's really no time for that. You know, it's not terms of endearment; it's a uh, true romance. It was a different time. People didn't think of that that element as much as they do today. You know? Yeah. It's it's it's. Well, like you said earlier too, just another day in Hollywood. You know? Yeah. 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 Once again, you know, he's his character could be an agent, but no, he makes him into an actor so he can be like, this is my motivation, you know? Yeah. I, I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, and then this part here, I mean, it's just the turn right here where it's like Clarence really isn't stupid. He's kind of stupid because I would have figured out as soon as he starts going like, I wish somebody would take me out of here. I'd be like, oh, uh-oh, we're fucked. <laughs> um, but then again, you know, you I've been in your that head, situation. You're gonna... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been in a room with a person <laughs> with a wire wearing a wire. <laughs> <laughs> This is so terrible. I shouldn't be laughing, but Pinchot well, is just selling the dread here. writing a script where, where he's the, the hero and everybody's going like, I love this guy. He's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's funny. <laughs> I mean, are they laughing because he's cool or are they laughing just because of how freaking inept he is? I don't know. Oh, but but no, they they they're just they're laughing because they they like there's always like a, these situations where the people in the somebody in the situation knows what's going on and that's what these guys are. They know he's just fucking with him and trying to get him to 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 break in the elevator. So but. <laughs> That's a very Elvis look on his face. Yeah. He had some Elvis eyes there. Yeah. This is some this is some mind fuckery. <laughs> this is some some fucking um, <laughs> What what do they call it? Sto- this is some Stockholm syndrome shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be hugging the person who just had the the 38 put up to my face. 
See, no lid on that. Just, eh, well. just sucking it gross through the through the, the top. He's just getting bong water all over his lips. He don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, well, look at him. <laughs> He's just like, dude, look at me. Those are fucking cool. (laughs) I think that guy was in, uh, oh, he's been in a bunch of movies. Yeah. Is one of them in Scarface? Maybe. That's Robert Loggia. Guy kind of looks like Robert Loggia, but it's not him. And they've all got the, uh, the Mike Ditka Carrera sunglasses on. <laughs> it's like <laughs> there's a great great setup where they ask him directions and he'd already given the incoherent direct. Like they'd already been like, I don't know if we can follow your directions. <laughs> now now we get to see what those actual bad directions are. Hello, <laughs> Ellie. <laughs> your friends yeah yeah you could say that Everybody's Come on in. Lee's in the yeah i mean the first time i'm watching this i still don't know where the hell this is going oh, shit. Look at this. <laughs> that is a great hotel room And of course, it wouldn't be a Tarantino movie without there being a direct. Let's just directly talk about movies and movie making right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. guy, that guy with the gun there, I believe, was the guy who played Thor in the Incredible Hulk movie. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. He's, he's got his entrance that he's practiced. Yep. We open these double doors, and uh, yes, this is my lair now. You just, just give Alabama a little bit of foundation, put the sunglasses on, and nobody will know. I mean, this part really here is like a Tarantino fever dream. What if I was going to go meet one of my movie-making idols while he was reviewing his, his dailies? You yeah. know? <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And why does this guy have fucking armed guards? <laughs> You know, <laughs> well, because he's doing his drug he's deal, doing his yeah, big drug deal. But I'm fairly confident you're just doing business. So look, I don't want to be a wise guy or nothing. And he's a producer, which is amongst. I mean, he's not that far away from the mafia, you know. <laughs> as, as far as sliminess goes and illegality. He just play. He just plays tougher. That you know, he's not a, yeah. not as tough, but he's just as sleazy. He speaks the language. <laughs> it would have been even more fun if he was Italian, and was like you know De Laurentiis or so, you know. Oh. Yeah. That would be yeah. But then again, maybe it is supposed to be somebody like Weinstein, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, well, actually, probably about this time, Weinstein probably wasn't as big and frog-like as 
who's probably younger and and probably keeping his weight somewhat in check with coke <laughs> you know uh, maybe that's what i need no 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 oh yeah no you don't oh, see that, many, that, uh, that'll help you don't see many old fat coke users <laughs> yeah old fat people starting their coke habit <laughs> now is a good time to start you know, a lot of people waste their coke habits when they're in their when they're in their twenties. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the money either. Who am I kidding? I do like the way Clarence takes his coffee. Hey, you, you know, got he a put, mouth, man. Yeah, he. It's <laughs> fucking plen- plenty of bus stations in Boston, man. Yeah, there is. All right, Cla- you want, totally aside from speaking of blowjobs in bus stations, a local radio station in town has, uh, um. Oh, what the hell are they called? The men's room, right? So they they made their own sausages, right? That they sell at our local football games. Okay. For charity. Yep. Right. What do they call it? Um. Oh God. Let's see. The men's room. The, I don't know. The, the, <laughs> the men's room sausage. Of course. Why wouldn't you? Right. Yep. Doesn't that sound like something you get served through a hole in a bathroom stall? It, I was just it, like, yeah, nothing, sa- nothing says family chari- money making money for a family charity than uh, than something men's that like, sausage. that, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that uh, evoked some um, eating some men's room sausage for for Coke. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was a poor choice on there. Yeah. yeah. Well, even in my, even if it got to the point where I was desperate, I wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> so things would have to be real fucking bad. Now, I, see, that's the thing, though, but I make sausage. So, you know, that's what I do. That's what I do. I make the sausage. Many people don't want to know how the sausage is made, but I embrace it. I, you get some salt I get pork. up to my elbows in it. Yep, salt pork, get a picnic cut of uh, pork, uh, get your seasonings out, you know, little soy lecithin to bind it together, you know, that's what it is. And you gotta get the real casings. If you're gonna do links, you gotta get the real casings. If you're just gonna do patties, you don't need the casings. But, uh, yeah. I thought he was gonna pee himself. <laughs> I, I, the first time I saw this, I figured this guy's this guy's like got to take a piss. He's getting nervous and he's gonna start sparking at some point. <laughs> that would be him, hilarious. But give just, the whole thing up. Is his his crotch is just gonna start shorting out? No, but it's I mean it does short out because uh, but it's a great way to do it. It's just like the thing's riding up on me. I'm gonna try to adjust it and then. Hey oh. guys. That black cop's got kind of a Eddie Murphy little mustache bit, yeah. work in there. Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's just, this is just everything that can go wrong does go. I love when stuff like this happens. It's quite a hotel room. <laughs> it's well, it's a suite, baby. That's a suite. Yeah, that's quite a suite. Yeah, you got a fountain out in your friggin' trellis. Yeah. Then again, you're in Hollywood, so it's like, eh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'd be cut out for California. No. No, when, when Maureen was stationed in California, she was 
I forget where she was living, but she's like, yeah, you wouldn't be able to hack it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Sounds well, like, like L.A., you have to have, a, is like, just, I, L.A. sounds horrible. I've been to San Francisco, and San Francisco's beautiful, and it's a really neat city. I went there back when people that I knew could actually afford to live there. But okay. uh, I didn't like most of the people I met on the West Coast and any of the West Coast places I met. It was yeah. very fake. We're, we're, we're East Coast people, man. People are, like, very fake on the West Coast, uh, a different kind of... Well, I guess you kind of have to be, right? I mean, it's the land of uh, everybody trying to be actors. So even right, if you're not right. an actor, you still got to... Yeah. My, t- my tolerance for people and bullshit has gone way, way down as I've gotten older. I mean, I'm pretty mellow, but it's like, eh. I just don't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, like, I, I imagine... I, I know a few people in L.A., and L.A. seems like it's always the same, but San Francisco isn't the same as when I went there. It's like... Now it's just like extreme poverty and extremely rich people, you know, um, Silicon Valley people, and you know. Yeah. Yeah. Alec Elvis just hanging out with him while he's taking a piss. Yep. Well, you know, you having your inner monologue, and your inner monologue is the king. So, I just uh, the only the only the only upside I could see to going to California would be there's, there's there's a lot of Mexican restaurants, right? Yes. Yeah, that's probably... Oh, here we go. <laughs> I love that shot of the cops on the black and white TV. They look totally like they're in an old cop show. Yeah. And here, here we are, the, 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 the first Quentin Tarantino Mexican standoff. standoff. This is Everybody's beyond... aiming guns at each other. Yeah. Just like the most like blunt, obvious like drama situation that you can set up. Everybody's got guns. They're all pointed at them. Now, talk. <laughs> and it and it could be so stilted and and trope like, but he he makes it awesome every time. And everybody in there with a gun wants to be Billy Badass, so it's only a yep. matter of time before somebody shoots. Oh, and then well, it doesn't then the matter third because party. this is coming. <laughs> yep. I just saw recently a movie with the old guy in it, and I'm trying to. <clears throat> trying to place him. It was probably one of the Honeywell experiment movies. <laughs> then everybody's like, what? now everybody's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, how do you direct something like this? Like, what kind of stage drag? Because it's just, uh, it's insanity. Yes, it is. It is. It oh, is. Look, I would, I, I would just... spend like three days blocking it out and rehearsing just... it. Another connection here. Where's Clarence right now? He's in the shitter, right? In the shitter. Bad stuff always happens when somebody's in the bathroom. Especially with Elvis. Yeah, but I mean, but this, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. You know, because it's yeah. when... <clears throat> That's some more shitter action. Yeah. What else <laughs> is there? I think there's one more, isn't there? I'm trying to remember. That stuff always happens in the bathroom. Oh, Reservoir Dogs. They do the story oh, about yeah. when, when Mr. Orange is telling the fake story. Yeah. About when he goes into the bathroom and the cops come in. Eh, it's good to have themes. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> this is freaking brilliant. <laughs> 
wait until they get you out of there before you say anything, dummy. The look on his face is just brilliant, yeah. <laughs> That's the funny thing is, this is the worst thing that can happen to him right now. Yeah. Is him being told he's never going to work again. Yep. <laughs> And Tom Sizemore starts letting loose. It's called tension and release. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, this is it music too. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely Tony Scott direction here. This is not uh, yes Tarantino direction. Yes, no, it's not. It's still great though, because I mean, it's you got the the red on the white with all the feathers and. You know, guys spinning around from getting shot way too many times, and Clarence is just safely <laughs> away from all of it. Sort of. Until uh, he does what he until has he gets, to do. Until he gets coraled. Yeah. Coral! Yeah. I, 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 I would bet that those feathers were in the script. <laughs> to um, be like a, to be... <coughs> There's a... There's an Asian movie. Yeah, every the, John Woo movie. Feathers, yeah, with with the with the pigeons and the yep. doves. John Woo always has the doves. Now there's coke yep. everywhere, <laughs> and now we've just sprayed coke. And, into and thankfully, Rappaport is just like you know what? I'm out. I gotta go fucking. I got a date with Shatner. That's right. I wouldn't be missing that either. They didn't make it clear enough, I think, that he got shot in the eye. Um, till the end, yeah. I wasn't. I was like, well, did he? Does he have a bullet in his eye, or is he well, just it's, like? It's ambiguous. You don't know if he's dead or not. There, I think that's kind of the point. I think if there was a big gaping hole, then it would be more like, oh shit, he's dead. I think it's kind of, it's just being left up in the air. I, I think Tony Scott wanted him to be. He was originally going to be dead, and Tarantino. So, at some point, they decided he was going to be allowed to live, or that that he was going to live. That it was that the ending of him dying was not a good ending. Uh, I, I have, yeah, I have no because I mean this is a this is a an over yeah accentuated fairy tale, you know. No, it, it would make no sense if if he was if he was dead. Yeah, this poor cop, though. It's just like, yeah. Jesus, just trying to do my job, man. <sighs> Chris Penn lives, only to die in Tarantino's next movie. Oh, does he get shot? I can't even remember now. Oh, no, now. He's, he's not long for this world. No, no, Nobody can live in oh, that that's room right. if, in order for them to, uh, to eventually have their happy ending. Yeah, that's right. I love this part. Yeah, Billy Badass is like, now I need an ambulance. <laughs> Chris Penn's like, there's so many bullets fired here, I'm not uh, really going to have matter. to worry about a ballistics uh, nope. on this. <laughs> oh, God. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alabama does uh, kind of take charge. Because what, click? <laughs> Clarence kills the the guys at Drexel's and Alabama kills everybody in the penthouse that's yep. still breathing. Yep. 
Oh, they did put a big welt on her nose. That's it, that's a nice subtle makeup they did. I never really realized that before. God, this movie really is just the early '90s all over, isn't it? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it though. It's the perfect place to start because we're gonna see almost everything in this movie like be expounded on, become more complicated, get reused, repeated. It's just awesome. Yep. And and everything he does just seems to like have more and more depth as it goes on. You know, he he. Yeah, or or each theme from this is kind of brought into its own separate movie, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, thankfully the Mafia is there to uh, take the heat off of uh, yep. Clarence in Alabama. And make them once again just look like your normal wasted couple in Hollywood. We're just, uh, yeah, we're, on, we're, Maybe it, it could be Sid and Nancy leaving their hotel room, man. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, baby. Yeah, nobody's going to pay attention to those uh, two schmucks walking out when there's a hostage situation gunfight going on. Yeah, that that Hans Zimmer score, man. It's so, so good. It's so weird, but it's so good. You know, but they do use some of the pop music earlier, like when the two of them are banging on the side of the road to the uh, the big bopper. It's like that's I could that's something Tarantino would have absolutely done. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there would have been more pop music. I guess I guess the Elvis Presley estate wouldn't let them uh, license no. out any Elvis songs for this. Not movie. for not for a film like this. Way too violent. And all I could smell was the violence in the air. That's all right though. It works without it. I mean, this is just this is straight up fairy tale. Look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The magic, the magic hour, sunlight going right now. You're so cool. And they're just a regular old family. Several years later, living in Mexico with the money that they stole from the mafia. I guess that's her real kid. Really? Yeah. I don't know what the hell shirt. He's that that there, weird hunch I run is a, is a common kid thing. I always love when they do the hunch run. The when they're running run, yeah. and they just all of a sudden hunch up their shoulders. Yeah, I like, I, and this is going to sound terrible, but I, I like watching America's Funniest Home videos when they show the kids like running and it starts to go downhill and it gets to the point where their their legs are going faster than the rest of their body. And, they and they've got those big over. ass heads. Like, and they, yeah, and they just driving them over. forward. Yep. Yep. It's terrible, but it makes me laugh. And it's, I mean, what do you think? Comedy about of ex, at the expense of kids is exquisite, hero. Oh, you shouldn't be ashamed. It's that's why you need greatest. to watch Letterkenny because it's got one. Of, <laughs> it's got my feeling on it. The main. I haven't. Says, I haven't seen Letterkenny yet. The main uh, character says in one of the early episodes, "Nothing's funnier than a fart, except maybe kids falling off bikes." <laughs> I can watch kids falling off bikes all day. Fuck your kids. I'm on, I'm on a Trailer Park Boys fan page, and they had a meme that had, uh, this is how I heard of Letterkenny. It had a picture of, of Dr. Pepper, and uh, and uh, it said Trailer Park Boys. And on the other side, it had like a generic like Dr. P, and it said Letterkenny. <laughs> and then all these other people were going, I actually think Letterkenny's really good. It, it is. It's a totally different style of humor. 
but it's good. But uh, that was that was uh, that was true romance, and uh, I fucking love it. I've loved it since the first time I saw it. It was not the first Tarantino movie I saw. I saw Pulp Fiction first, and then I went backtrack to uh, Reservoir Dogs and this. And, I saw uh, this. I, this was the first one I saw. I didn't know it though. I didn't know what I was. I didn't know what it. I was doing with the first two Quentin Tarantino movies because I got dragged to this one at the at the um, movie theater on opening day, and uh, then Reservoir Dogs came out on video real quick, and the drummer in my band for some reason saw it she had never heard of the movie she saw the videotape of it in a grocery store for 3.99 so she picked it up and she watched it and then one day at band practice she just handed it to me and goes you should watch this movie i think you'd like this movie that's 399 pennies well spent yeah yeah and uh and and we went home and watched it and we're like yeah this is i had no idea i had any connection to this movie at all at that point I was I was more or less just sort of a consumer at that point, but you know, Pulp Fiction changed all that. When Pulp Fiction came out, I was just like, oh, the guy who did Reservoir Dogs, this should be good. And uh, I saw that one in the theater too, opening yeah, day. I've, I've seen, I think I've seen all of them other than uh, other than Hateful Eight and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the theater, uh, you know, since Pulp Fiction. I haven't seen Pulp Fiction in a while. I, I'm I'm curious because, not that I don't love the movie, it's my least favorite at, at, at standing right now of Quentin Tarantino movies. It's and it's funny. It's um it's one of Maureen's favorite movies. She doesn't really like any of the other Tarantino movies. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, but she loves that one. And I don't, you know, she she's also a big Bruce Willis mark. She loves Bruce Willis oh. and Sam and Sam Jackson. But it's like yeah. Django, she was totally repulsed by. Um, Hateful Eight, she was bored out of her mind. She liked Jackie Brown, but she's, she also likes De Niro. And I'm like, well, this is not the De Niro that you're expecting. <laughs> no, but he's great in that. I mean, that's the thing. They give him a, a such a weird role to play, and he's enjoying not Being doing what he normally guy, yeah. does. And it's, and it's, and it's, and it's a lot of fun it, to watch. When, yeah, when we get there, I'll have I'll have more to say about that, especially with his final interaction with uh, Sam Jackson, because I wonder if that's a little meta commentary. <laughs> but uh, ja- Jackie Brown, yeah, right. <laughs> I, Jack- I love Jackie Jack- Brown was my favorite Tarantino movie, and now I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know either, man, because it's like. <sighs> it might, it, it, if I had to, if I had a gun, to, if I had a Tarantino gun to my head, it would be probably Django. Because I just love Django. To me, is like so much about filmmaking and and acting on top of all the other stuff that it just there's. I I love the scenes between Django and um, Christoph Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz, Waltz yeah. Are it's, are just every one of I I just savor every single. I save for every movie of, of his that comes out because it's going to be something. He's going to be doing something different every just time. Little moments, there's just little moments of it, though, that just for some reason just stick in my head forever. Um, Big Daddy's going to get away. I got him. Big Daddy's going to get away. I got him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just filled with my brain. But oh my God, I'm looking forward to these. <laughs> yeah. 
these yeah. next oh, few I, months. <laughs> I am too. I am too, and I, I never need an excuse to watch any of his movies, man. That's just so the, uh, yeah, guys. This is just the beginning. Yeah, we're uh, gonna this... be regularly bringing you some Tarantino next time. It's Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, which so I great. think came out technically before this movie. Did it? But I yeah, know. but they're sort of the same. Like the like it was like this weird thing where like Tarantino was gonna direct one of them, and you know then they decided which one was gonna he wasn't gonna direct, and and I think. Uh, I think Reservoir Dogs came out a little, like, hit the movie theaters a little before this. And, uh... Let's see, Reservoir Dogs debuted on, at Sundance, January 21st, 92. Oh. And let's see. Let's find out when. That's <clears throat> Sundance, though. Yeah, well, technically, I mean, it's... I guess you kind of got to go with the, uh... True Romance came out on... September 10th, 93. So Reservoir Dogs did come out first. Well, I mean, it was almost like the same time. You know, they were probably all... Make, it was all happening at once. This huh. is... The, and, and I mean, technically, maybe we should have started with Reservoir Dogs. This was the place to start, though, obviously. I, I feel like it's the place to start, too. No, it's, it's, it's very one. obvious that this is like... This is like this is like the Rosetta Stone that will 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 decipher all future Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah. It's the it's the unpolished early regurgitations mm-hmm. of an auteur in the making. Mm-hmm. God, that sounded pretentious as fuck. Yeah, at the same true. time Kevin Smith was coming out and he was coming from the same sort of world of like super film nerd. Yeah. Making a film, a movie. Yeah, and I enjoy some, most of his movies, but I mean, <laughs> it's Tarantino, man. Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah. And I know everybody kisses Tarantino's ass. I would never want to spend one minute with Quentin Tarantino, but I'll watch the fuck out of his movies. Yeah, I don't. I yeah, I don't know, but you know, you know, you never know what he's like in private or something. But I imagine he's probably pretty ab- abrasive. But yeah. But yeah, I don't care. I'll keep going to his movies. Oh yeah, for sure. He's aware of it. I like how he always, when he casts himself in his movies too, he's always the biggest douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, those are fun, those are more fun parts to play, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's, it's like it's with more wrestling. fun playing the guy whose dick is rotting, yeah. <laughs> rots off his body. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that we talk to any talk to anybody that does professional wrestling. They 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 have yeah. way more fun being the heel. Yep. So I don't know. This is a uh, this has been a long time in in the making to get going, and I I think with the release of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it was it was the right time because there's a uh, a pretty neat... you, you can get me interested as anytime there's a new Tarantino movie out because I'm just like yeah I'm what's he what's he gonna do what's he gonna homage what how's he gonna change the script what's you know you never know what you're gonna get. I was never, never more excited for a Tarantino movie than Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood because I have been waiting. I have been waiting for someone to fucking kick Charles Manson family in the balls, and I knew he was going to do it. I, I knew honestly, he was going to do it. I don't want to play my hand too early. I had no idea where it was going. I'm like, is he going to stay on the path of the revisionist history with this, or are they going to do something else? And then it just, oh my yeah. God. 
Uh, well, we're, we're, I'm gonna have to keep my mouth shut on any yeah. theories of it till 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 we get to that episode. Yeah. But yeah, no, I we... I have definite theories on 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 that coming up. Yeah. Well, we've got a, a pretty meaty of your over of your curriculum vitae to go through at this point. Yeah. Yeah, we barely scratched the surface because. Uh, yeah. And next month. We get to throw Steve Buscemi on the pile. <laughs> yep. Along with Steeler's Wheel. Yeah, yeah. A Dylan-esque song. It's bubblegum-esque. Dylan-esque Dylan ballad. Foster, the Cape Billy D super sounds of the 70s keeps on yeah. trucking. Part of, part, <laughs> of, uh, part of the great... Um, the the short-lived 90s revival of Stephen Wright where he got to do that and uh half baked and uh half baked yeah i love the, Stephen Wright the guy who just I lives love in Stephen the apartment Wright. love Stephen Wright yep. saw him live one time oh lucky you oh yeah i would have killed as a kid to see Stephen Wright he was he was fantastic i used to have his i used to have him and, him and Steve Martin and Robin Williams comedy albums on constant rotation yeah nice all right let's let's table everything else because we're gonna yes. have so much more to talk about when we get to reservoir dogs and pulp fiction and jackie brown and kill bill one and two and, and glorious bastards and then it was uh after inglorious bastards no it's... before inglorious bastards it was death proof then inglorious yes. bastards then, then Django. Django. Then Hateful Eight. Yeah. Once upon a time, Hollywood. And if you guys have any, if you guys have any preferences, we can do Hateful Eight in either the movie form or we can do it in the four-part Netflix form. If uh, if you guys have any preference, well, you can uh, write I us have, and tell us. Come on I over have, to yeah. com. Do that. I have not watched the four-part form yet. So I'll have to, uh, I might have to break that out over a couple of nights. It's, wor- we, it's worth it. That. <laughs> is that the, is it the roadshow version? Is it the longer version? Cause I haven't seen. It's I've both. It's, it's got both. all the footage from the roadshow version and other footage in it too. According okay. to people who've seen it. Needs to, uh, get a, get it's a it's basically all, all the footage. Sort okay. of. Great. Excellent. All right. We will see you later. Keep listening to Two True Freaks podcast, and we will be back with Reservoir Dogs. A little bit of tear let me down. Spoil my act as a clown. I had it made up not to make a frown. But a little bit of tear let me down. When you said you were leaving tomorrow, that today was our last day. I said there'd be no sorrow that I'd laugh when you walked away. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. 
Just search two true freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find two true freaks on Facebook. Just search for two true freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about two true freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Then a little bit of tear let me down. Spoiled my act as a clown. I had it made up not to make a frown. Oh, but a little bit of tear let me down. A little bit of tear let me down. Goldie, get off my ass with the penny, any pussy schemes. I've had enough out of you. I'm not going to take any more shit from you, Goldie. When I tell you to shit, I want you to squat, grunt, and ask what color. The people with the funny hats and the noisemakers, they've gone home, Goldie. The party's over, baby. It's dawn. It's reality.